Welcome to the Speaking From Our Hearts podcast. In this edition, we'll be talking about many aspects of life, particularly health, relationships and wealth-related topics, all from a heart-centred approach. Your host, Paul Lowe, has a long and successful history of helping others through his coaching and mentoring, as well as his many charitable initiatives. He's been responsible for positively impacting thousands of people's lives, particularly young people from challenging backgrounds. Paul is the author of the books Mastering the Game of Life from Pain to Purpose and Speaking from Our Hearts. Welcome listeners to this Speaking From Our Hearts podcast episode where today I'm joined by a gentleman all the way from America by the name of Eric G. Reed. Eric, a very, very warm welcome to you. Well, thank you for having me, Paul. I'm excited to be here. And off air, Eric, we uh, we had our sort of usual pre, uh, pre-podcast chat around, okay, so where are we going to take this? You know, where's the big learning for the listeners here? And we come up with one single word, although it's only one word, I think there's massive, massive potential in this in terms of a conversation and lessons and messages. And that word, Eric, is commitment. Yeah, um, that it's interesting because I've always said, oh, I'm committed or, yeah, I'll commit to it. But the other day I was having a conversation with somebody and she had said, well, once I made my commitment, I didn't need to worry about my courage. And I thought, what? She said, well, I committed. There was no time to think. I thought, man. So being a coach like you, you know, I, you, you can't just take one thing and let it sit. You have to start unpacking it and writing lessons and preparing books around it. And I thought, how often do we make a commitment, sort of like checking a box, with no real intention of having to follow through or be held accountable? And how is that showing up in our life and in our success? Was kind of the questions that started making me think about. Yeah, uh, and I love that. Once we've committed, we don't have time to think. Yeah, it, it really shifted because in that thinking space is when we begin to build our doubts, our mm. insecurities, those voices from the past that tell us we're not big enough, smart enough, tall enough, whatever enough, start to get time to play out before we take action. But as, it, as I was thinking about it, I'm like, if I committed, I don't have time for those thoughts to move in because my next thing is, okay, I committed. What is the priorities? What is the actions? Mm-hmm. And anything outside of those two things really don't exist to me until this commitment is completed. And often we start out in this journey of discovery thinking, oh yeah, you know, it'll take me about six months to write the book or it'll take me a year to develop my business. And if it doesn't, we abandon it because it didn't happen. And it was like, no, you can't do that because you committed to writing a book, to building a business, to creating a charity or whatever it is, and you haven't finished. So therefore time doesn't really matter because the only thing you have to do is follow through on the commitment. Yeah. I suppose it's that um, I always, when I uh, when I hear the word commitment, Eric, it, it aut- automatically conjures up this image of maybe somebody stop, uh, standing on the, t- uh, the top of um, a 10-foot diving board and, you know, looking down into the cold, freezing pool. And it's like, okay, I've got to dive into the pool. I really, really, really don't want to do this. Because I'm one, I'm frightened of heights, 
and two, it's going to be freezing in that pool, that pool, but I know I've got to do it. And, you know, this it's interesting how we, we hear one simple word um, and we've all got our, our own spin on things, our own conditioning, if you will. And for me, commitment is that, okay, do I really want to do this? So is it as simple, Eric, as sort of, you know, just singling it out and say, right, I'm going to do it and that's it. Uh, like jumping in the pool, you know, holding your nose, jumping, closing your eyes, and this is it. You know what's going to happen. But isn't it true that when you've hit the water and you're in the pool, yes, it might take your breath away for a few seconds, but once you acclimatize, it's like, what was all the fuss about? Well, and I agree. And I think sort of where I'm starting to see this commitment differently is as you're sitting on the end of that diving board or that platform, you don't look to see if the ladder is still there because it's not an option. Mm. And so often I think we, we go up the ladder, we walk to the edge of the board, we start that all that thinking of like, oh, the water's cold, it's so far down, what if I hurt my bum, you know, all of that. And we look over our shoulder and like, yeah, the ladder's there, I could probably go back down and then I could explain to people my fear of hikes and my worry about the water and that I've had a bad ankle. When it, it, no, you commit it. You don't even get to look at the ladder. That is no longer the option available to you. And so when I think of that commitment thing now, it's like there used to be options before I committed. But as I committed, the number of options decreased because they were no longer available to me because I committed to going to the end of the board and going off. And so I think where it's changing me as I sort of like pull the lesson in is I've got to stop looking for the ladder in some of the things that I do, like, well, you know, I could just go back down the ladder and explain to people why it's not a good time to launch, why it's not a good time to write, why my marriage failed, even though I try, you know, all of those excuses is that ladder back down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and, and it brings in another interesting C word, Eric, doesn't it? Courage. Yeah. But, so, and that was the, in, that was the start of the conversation. I said something about that must have taken a tremendous amount of courage. And it was like, well, once I made the commitment, I didn't need courage. Mm. And I think there are some things in our life that it's not about courage because like we don't necessarily know what courage feels like until after we're through it. Like until you've made that leap and you're like, wow, I did it. That was big. And then you sort of like, oh, that took a lot of courage. And the fear is always like going into the event. The courage always seems to show after the event. And so she said, I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of doubts. I had a lot of concerns. But I knew those were all in my head and not the reality. And so I had to make the commitment because that was the only way I could get past the fears. But we're deep diving, I think, uh, Eric, um, nicely on this, um, nicely on this. But I just kind of think to, you know, how listeners might think and feel about this around, okay, so you've used this, you've given this insight, you've used this example of jumping off a 10-metre diving board into a cold pool. Boy, that takes some courage for me. You know, I, I know that, you know, from the conversations I have, uh, Eric, that that, that courage word is used particularly obviously when people are going into something new uh to overcome that fear if you will because that's a different that i mean that's a 
yeah, that's kind of a formidable opponent that stands in its own right. And we'll come to that one in a moment. But certainly that courage, Eric, I think it's a, it's a, you know, it's a bigger part of that commitment process. The, you know, it, it, you know, from from my own experience and and based on listening to others, because we're going into something new, and that consciousness that takes us there, I. I absolutely 100% by what you've said about cutting away the options and the excuses and you know because life's full of those and you know things isn't it true that we make progress in life by stop making excuses and you know to quote Nike just do it um but that does take I, I believe you know it takes that spark of courage to start it I think it's then easy to look back and think, as I say, what was all the fuss about? But I don't know for myself, Eric, whether I'd necessarily separate the courage or even play it down as part of that commitment process. I think it's a big, big foundation, personally. I I think I, I agree. I think there is that moment of awareness or that epiphany that something needs to change. But I think, so when I was thinking on this, I'm like, when will I know if I have enough courage to take the next step? Like, if I know I have zero courage going up the board, when will I now have 10, 20, 30? Like, how do I, like, because it's so unknown, where do I quantitate courage is enough to take the next action? And so what happens for me is often I'll keep thinking, I just need a little more courage. I need a little more, just a little, like a little, like a, li- like a little bit more. And I can get caught in that cycle Mm. of wanting just a little bit more courage or a little less fear or a little more certainty or a little more predictability. And I can stay in that that hamster wheel. But if I decide and I make a commitment that tomorrow morning I'm going to get up and walk to the mailbox as the first step of my um, fitness, I'm not saying you need to have courage to go into a, a bodybuilding competition by the end of August and today's you know the middle. It's like if you made a commitment to change your life, then what is the first step, the smallest and most significant step that you can take to honor that commitment? And then the next day and the next day is, you know, Darren Harding, that compound effect of commitment. Mm. Yeah. Um, what would it look like? And so when I look at things like my my marriage or my relationship with my kids or my finances or my health or my business, did I make what was the commitment that I made to those? Am I honoring that commitment? And if I'm not, then do I still want that commitment? And if I do, what would be the next step to show that I'm committed to it? It doesn't have to be massive. It doesn't have to be big, but it has to be markable, like not remarkable, but markable. Like I can check it off and say today, my commitment was shown by walking to the mailbox and doing three deep knee bends and coming back in the house. Hmm. Fear. That's it's never too far away. Um, Eric is it's never too far away from certainly our thoughts um, I would I would offer that fear and uh, uh, and thoughts are kind of a yeah a strong union a strong union how would you how would you put that in in, in the context of the process or you know am I kind of yet again coming out of this are you saying Eric that this commitment thing is just very very singular very stands up just do it just literally just do it there is no, um, there is no devil's advocate to be played, Paul. Like you're playing now, it stands on it on its own. Just do it. 
or be that those baby steps as you've alluded to or that massive action depending you know whatever that is so i want to introduce this fear eric um because i believe that it believe um for whatever beliefs are um that it's yeah again it's a strong part of the commitment process where, where does that fit in your mind eric in this in this uh, journey in this commitment journey I wish as beings we could be so absolute. Like I could pull out the old programming, put in a new disc, and everything would change. Yeah. What I find sometimes is the obstacle is we spend so much time in our brain, not in our mind, not in our heart, but in that that logical, rational, trying to solve all the problems and find all of the excuses that sometimes, like when I turn to my kid, who's 10 and I ask him to do something and he starts to talk back. I'm like, no, I ask you to go do it, get it done. Mm. Like this, there's no room for discussion on this topic. I think sometimes we need to tell ourselves, I'm sorry, self, there is no room for discussion. We have decided that this is how our life is going to be. This is what we're committed to. And this is our action plan. Get it done. Now, Outside of that, yes, you're going to have fear, you're going to have doubt, you're going to have lack, you know, imposter syndrome. But how different would it be if you just said, okay, all of the other things in my life, I'm going to allow the thinking, the fear, all of that to run its normal course. But this one thing, I'm going to do exactly like Eric said, I'm just going to shut up and get it done. I'm going to get in action, I'm going to get momentum, and I'm going to drive towards it and see what it looks like. I understand fear. I have the same fears as everybody else. But often, as a coach, I'll hear somebody, yeah, but I have this fear of, and this fear of, and I'm like, yeah, so how's that working out for you? You know, your marriage is a mess, your bank account is below zero, you've lost three jobs in a row, and you're having your fifth heart attack, and you're not even 50. How is all of that working out for you? Maybe instead of talking, you need to take some action for a while. I, I don't want to dismiss the power of fear in our lives, but uh, so the acronym, and I'm sure you've hear, heard it for fear, false evidence appearing real. Yeah. So when I hear that word evidence, and then I hear false, I always think of that courtroom drama of the 60s. And I'm like, okay, if it's false evidence appearing real, my job is to challenge it like I would in court to pull up the evidence, to bring it up into accountability, to do all the things that I could as the prosecutor to find that not true. And so that is the side point to the action. I think that's a, that's a brilliant way to look at it, uh, Eric, but as is my, you know, when I host these type of conversations, as is my way, I, um, I can see how that would work for, you know, for some people. I could see how it would work for a lot of people. But I could also, um, yeah, again, I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate here. And I welcome it. I welcome it, just so you know, Um, (laughs) because that's how great ideas are birthed. Yeah, Um, that kind of, well, it's okay for you two guys talking all this, you know, and I've had this said quite a few times, respectfully, not kind of derogatory. It's all right for you two guys talking about all this stuff, but you've not got five kids, you've not got you know, this, that, the other, whatever you were, you know, my cat's blacker than your cat and all this kind of stuff. And you you, you, you clearly don't understand um, because you're talking about all this fancy theory and this and that and the other. 
And so part of the the journey that I like to go on with uh, with guests, Eric, is 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 how to convert the, this powerful insight, which it is, in you know, um, and put it in real kind of layman's terms to say, or practical terms to say, okay. And I know you've already alluded to that uh, previously by taking those baby steps, but it's okay. Really, really, sort of putting it across in a way that you know would would help even worst case scenario. Um, and, and you've done that yourself by, you know, the examples you've given about your own life, um, obviously, Eric, with your marriage and your jobs, etc., etc. But I'm always looking for that distilled version, that that real simplistic message to say, okay, this is yeah, more so in the how, because we can talk philosophically, but okay, and then people say, well, yeah, that's great, nice fancy theory, but how do you do it? So, and I and I, I totally get it. I understand what it's like to live outside the coaching bubble, so to speak. Mm. Um, a year ago, I moved halfway around the world from the very tip of South America to Georgia for a job that after four months of being here, with the potential of earning a high six figures, I was like, this place is bonkers. <laughs> and left out the door without any prospects for something else, having to take care of two kids under the age of 10, one with a disability that will need care for life, you know, um, rebuild and reorganize in the middle of chaos and confusion. I get that life comes crashing at us. But what I also know is that I'm here for the rest of my life. So if I want the rest of my life to look different, I got to start now. And what is the, and I, and I bring it back to just think of the next seven days. Like, don't get caught up in this, your vision plan for 2024 and what are you going to be doing and how many numbers are going to be in. Like, who can live that far out? Mm-hmm. I'm lucky if I can make it to six o'clock in the evening some days with all of the chaos that goes on around us. So, if I can look seven days in advance, I'm like, if at the end of seven days, if I could have just committed five out of seven days to doing this one thing, this one little thing, I would feel like a success. Then all of a sudden you're able to look and go, you know what? I did five out of seven. I am able to control my life. I am able to bring five minutes of control into this world of chaos. Now let me try and move it to six or seven days or 10 minutes. In the real world, we have to work with the resources at hand in the life that we're living. We can't just chuck it all in the bin and say, tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and go to the gym and be fit and fiddle. It doesn't work that way. Let's be real. You and I know (laughs) it doesn't happen overnight. Mm. But it's not going to happen if we don't make a commitment to doing some action in the direction of what we want it to look like. I'm well past 50. I'm closer to 60 than I am 50. And I've got to figure out what the next 40 years of my life is going to look like. But I also got to figure out what's going for dinner tonight with my kids. Mm. How can I manage both? I can't. But what I can manage is one commitment, one single commitment that like, if nothing else happens today, I will get this thing done. If I have to stay up until midnight doing jumping jacks in the living room, I'm doing it because I put my name on that sheet of paper that read, I commit to the following thing. And in that, what I see happen is you start to build confidence. You start to 
feel as if your life isn't out of your control. You start to feel like you can direct the ship, even if it's only for five minutes. And that empowerment sort of silences fear. And all of a sudden you're like, I do have the courage to do these things. It's been in me all the time. I just haven't exercised it. Interesting, just listening um, listening to you speak there, Eric, there was a couple of thoughts that flashed through my mind. And one, and I've, I've made a note of it, four simple words, living in the moment, as you, you know, as you was painting the picture of, you know, four years, five years time, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, etc., etc., and that, well, and, and the complete kind of, I suppose, polarization of what we hear of living in the moment, the here and now, because isn't the reality, you know, not from some, you know, fancy philosophical perspective, but isn't the reality, that's all we've got anyway, all of us, the here and now, because in a heartbeat, literally, you know, things can happen. Um, so there's well, no... And to, a, and to a ridiculous degree, how I live this moment affects the next. So me saying that in two years from now, I'm going to be this way, without taking into account the millions of little moments in between, is kind of, it's stupid. Yeah. I mean, how can I know who I'm going to be until I finish being who I am now? And if I go into being who I am now, here and now, in control, with a focus, with a commitment of what I want to be the best next move, then I'm setting myself up to become that person. Yeah. But there's no guarantee. I mean, there's no guarantee that, you know, life won't change and you have to change with it. So release yourself from that obligation that this commitment means that, you know, I've got to be the superhero of a person somewhere in the future that everybody turns to and, and shines spotlights on. Make the commitment for the day. Make the commitment for the week. Don't go beyond the 30 days because you're going to be a totally different person at the end of that day, that week, that 30 days. And now you can make a bigger or different commitment. But signing up for life or something is really foolishness because then you're saying everything between here and now, whatever that date is, doesn't need to exist for my benefit. Yeah. Um, the example that I like to use, Eric, to, um, to reflect what you've just said is, is an aircraft getting ready to leave the runway. And if it's pointing half a degree off course, by the time it goes a mile, two miles, 10 miles, a thousand miles, 10,000 miles, it's ended up in a completely different destination to what its intended one was. And, and I think that's a great metaphor for what you've just said there about, hang on, so you know, you, you're charting this course from, from A to B, well, that's fine, but unless you get the basics right, uh, in the moment, and you're not half a degree, of course, then then that's okay. But invariably, because, you know, life, um, what's the old cliche, life gets in the way, um, that can not only put us half a degree, of course, but it can, can, well, it can make us go in reverse at times. Um, well, and don't fear being off course. I don't know the statistics, so if somebody wants to correct me, I, I receive it. But I had heard that between the, the Apollo launch and the landing on the moon, that they were off course like 90% of the time. Mm. They constantly were making little adjustments. They managed it and their their targeted spot actually had to be adjusted for a variety of reasons, but they managed to land on the moon. Though mm. they were off course almost 90% of the way, they knew what the destination was. They yeah. knew where they needed to get to. They knew the objective 
And they stayed focused on that and were willing to allow themselves room to adjust and room to correct. And that's part of that commitment is though you're committed to arriving at that spot, the sea of tranquility, you're going to be off course along the way, but you're not going to give up on that commitment. You're not going to let go of it. You're just going to adjust back into alignment with it. You're going to change your priorities to be more in alignment with that. You're going to learn to say no to some things and yes to other things because they keep you on that course towards that commitment you made. Yeah, that's that's, that's a good way to, uh, yeah, I, I, I like that. I like that a lot around you know the bit that happens in the in between if you will the you know there's the starting point there's the end point the goal if you will and the you know the big bit in the in the middle and the big bit in the middle really it is what it is um it's, it's that life yeah <laughs> it's it, absolutely life. yeah yeah um so on this you know just just picking up on that word there eric goals um i suppose what you've just said there really is is a great reflection of goal setting isn't it where you know, I don't know, whatever that might be, um, by in six weeks, I'm going to lose, I don't know, um, you know, a couple of kilos or whatever, whatever that may be. Um, and then, well, yeah, actually, have you have you factored in that there's a big family wedding at the weekend? So we'll be drinking and, and making merry. And, and the weekend after, by the way, there's this, you know, your daughter's 21st party. And, you know, so... Mm, and that's a great, really, sort of practical example, isn't it, Eric, to say, well, yeah, okay, these things are happening, but one way or another, uh, and I love this statement when, when I hear it, don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it. And, and I love that statement because that allows for flexibility, it allows for vulnerability, but all those are encapsulated by that determination, that commitment, if you will, to reach that end goal. Is, is that so what I would say on that goal? So to lose 20 kilos, when you arrive there, then what does life end? What if the commitment sounded like I am going to be a person that shows honor and respect to my body or that I live in a healthy way that provides energy for me and my children and my grandchildren? Like, what if it became who you were to be a healthier person? Don't you think that somewhere along that journey of becoming a healthier you, you would lose 20 pounds? But you would also maybe learn how to eat healthier foods. You would get rid of bad habits. You would learn to sleep better and distress. And you would start to take up walking or hiking or who knows, cycling or running. Because everything about you said, I am going to be the healthiest version of me that I can each and every moment that I live. Now... The 20 pounds is just one of the markers that you're succeeding in achieving. And anything that comes into your priority, if you go to the wedding, you can be like, look, how can I be the healthiest version of me in this situation? As opposed to binge and purge or fail and succeed. I can be a healthy person at a wedding by, I don't know, skipping the beers, mm. not eating the cake smiling and laughing and enjoying the joy in the moment because that brings me happiness and life and energy and that's what i want to experience more of so i think sometimes we have to look at the way we write our goals because when we achieve them then do we stack another one on it and if we don't get there because life gets in the way does that make us a failure instead write goals that become who you want to become the whole beingness of you 
and that's that's a great you know yet again that's the great sort of comparison uh, Eric because where I was deliberately coming from with that is that uh, almost that boom and bust which I know you know what you termed um, <laughs> outside the the personal development bubble which accounts for you know a lot of people in the world it's like you know that living in the here and now the seven days there is no there is nothing beyond that and do you know what i've got till the end of the month or i've got till another five weeks six weeks whatever it is and that's it you know when i think based on the conversations and, and reflections upon my own journey eric to, to start thinking about things that's going to happen tomorrow was like for me personally it was overwhelming it's like phew, um, and that wasn't because I had the awareness to focus on the here and now. It's like, that just doesn't exist. What's this thing called tomorrow? And so, you know, if I was going to do, um, you know, 100 press-ups for the first time or 200 sit-ups or whatever it was, that was a one-off. I, I wasn't thinking about that. Okay, so how can I, how can I make this? How can this serve me? And I think that's the subtle difference. I was serving it because I'd got mm -hmm. a number or a, a statistic then. Oh, yeah, I can do 200 of this. I can do a 1,000 sit-ups. And, you know, I used to have these kind of competitions with guys. Just It was all ego-based. It was all fear-based. But yeah. that is a true reflection, Eric, is it not, of, you know, uh, the way a lot of us live our lives. And, and it truly, and I... I wish I could sit sort of on this spiritual mountain all day and just reflect and, you know, come up with wisdom. I got to get down every so often and live and be in the nitty gritty like all of us. Mm. And so when I look at that word commitment and I look at my life, it's, and I have a moment in the morning before the kids wake up and start demanding breakfast and needing their socks pulled on and all kinds of chaos. It's like, okay, what am I committed to today? And I actually have to look at it sort of like my, my, my DOJ, my duty of, you know, my operations manual for the day, like, what did I sign up for today? Mm. Oh, okay, I'm committed to this, this, and this. Great. So if I follow through on that, I'm a success today? Great. These are my priorities. These are my commitments. Sometimes we take on a commitment, but we don't check in every day with it. We just assume somehow we signed up and it's going to happen. Like when you stood at the altar with your, your spouse or your partner or whatever, and it, you made a commitment. One of the great things my, my dad always did is every year he would renew their marriage license. It wasn't required. It was just sort of a thing he did to show that he was still committed to the marriage. He didn't take that one checkbox commitment and assume that he was covered. I think sometimes, at least from the Western perspective, that we assume that, you know, we said we're committed. Like, come on, can't you? Like, really? Come on. You know, you know, I'm committed. It's like, no, I don't know it because I don't see it. I don't see it as part of your daily action agenda for success in our marriage, in our finances, in our health, whatever area. Show me where it's written that you were committed today to make this thing happen. Or did you just wake up and let it sort of occupy your brain for about 30 seconds? And then in the hustle and bustle and chaos, you forgot about it and you're going to try and commit again tomorrow. Yeah. I want I want to start to draw things to a close now, Eric, by <laughs> asking you a big question. We are committed to a schedule, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, not not so much. I mean, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, the the host and the guest are king, not the schedule. I mean, you know, but that said, um, you know, we're 
we're kind of keeping it uh, we're keeping it on track so to speak um but that will take us where you know despite me saying uh you know bringing it towards a close if we end up talking another half an hour then so be it um but, <laughs> we'll have a part one a part five a part 35 <laughs> yeah um so before i ask you that big question eric i just want to say well you know first of all thank you thank you immensely for taking the time and you know sharing some of your insights about your world and and from that, Eric, how can people get in touch with you, find out more about you, find out the uh, more about the world of Eric G. Reed? Um, yeah. So what are those contact details for you? Sure. Um, I appreciate first you inviting me to be here with you and your 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 guests and your followers. Um, I, I I we stumbled across each other through a friend and I am so blessed to get to know you and read your books as well. So thank you for that first. Um, they can find me at all things Eric G. Reed. So E R I C G R E I D. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's pretty much stacked all on top of ericgreed.com. Um, I do do a Facebook Live each and every morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Time, um, which I think is around 2 o'clock your time. I'm not really sure. Um, where I do a little coaching session each and every morning sort of getting our mindset right for the day so that we can go out and be the person that we're intending to be. Super. Thank you for that share, Eric. Um, okay, so coming to the big question then, Eric. So, uh -oh. Check yeah. my tie. <laughs> if there was one big thing, one big message, or one message, doesn't have to be big as you alluded to earlier on, but above all else, what would your, your message be to the world, Eric. One thing and one thing only. Uh, that it's that's easy because I say it every single day on the live. You are worthy of whatever you dream, whatever you want, whatever you sit at night and say. If only you are worthy of it. Disregard all of the conversations in the past that told you you weren't, because you are here in this life. And so, therefore, you are worthy of whatever your heart calls for. Do you know that, Eric? I am worthy. That would make a fantastic pod uh, podcast title. Might might use that. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to do a whole show on that one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Listen, so there we have it, um, listeners. The amazing, the formidable Mr. Eric G. Reed from America. And all that remains now is for me to say, as I always do, to sign off remember whatever you do in life always walk your path with heart hearts helping everyone achieve results towards success <laughs>